So how is your soul today? That's a question that I get asked every third Thursday of every month. And I know that the question is coming, and I should be ready for the question, but every time I hear that question, I have to stop and think, huh, I wonder, how is my soul actually doing today? Sometimes the question gets phrased for me in a little different format. Sometimes the person asking the question will ask it this way, what is it that's taking space in your soul right now? What's taking up space inside you right now? And it's the same question, maybe from a little different direction. But the idea of both questions is to get me and those who are part of the pastor's soul group, is what we're called, to answer the same question. And the question is, what's going on inside of you? Because most of us don't pay that much attention to the things that are happening in us. But what's happening in me involves the real me, the inside me. In fact, well, I said it this way, there's two me's. There's the me that you see that's the outward me, that's the expressive me, that's the Brentwood that you know. But then there's the inward me that maybe you have or haven't seen, that God definitely sees though, but it's the place where I live. It's the place where I process things. It's the place where I deal with life. It's the place where I try to figure out what I should be thinking or what I should be doing or what I should be feeling. All of those things are a part of who I am. And so when the question is asked, I'm supposed to stop for a moment and to pay attention to what's happening inside of me. As I mentioned, just like all the other pastors that are part of this group. And it's interesting, isn't it, that it's the pastors who are getting asked this question. And why are we getting asked this question is because we have the same issues going on in life that you do. We have the same self-discipline issues and we struggle with doubts about our faith sometimes and, and we can deal with bitterness and we can deal with relationship challenges and all these different things that so much can affect you. We're no different. We're just the same flesh and blood and soul that you are. But we also have an extra issue. Because we're supposed to be spiritually leading churches when sometimes we're not doing so well spiritually ourselves. And as we get together as pastors on the third Thursday of every month, we are trying to examine that to say, what is going on in our lives at the soul level? And that's why we start with that question, how is your soul today? So, How is your soul today? If you had to answer that question, how would you answer it? What's going on in the space inside you that makes up you? How would you describe that space this morning? Well, I thought that might be a hard question because I get it every month and I struggle with it every month. But to help you out, in your bulletin there, there's a... your. Growth guides on one sheet of paper this week. On a separate sheet of paper are your notes. But it starts with the notes that look like this. Soul care. And there's a list. And what I'd like to ask you to do today is to say, so, how is your soul today? And to take that list out of your bulletin. And to take just a few minutes as we get started this morning. And to check off 
which line or which aspect or characteristic or description best describes your soul. Or maybe there's two that best describe it. Or maybe there's three. Or maybe you're like, wow, I see myself everywhere there. But what's going on in your soul? Let's take just a few minutes this morning to process that and to let you figure that out. And if you need to add something else to the list, that's fine. This is just to help you get started. As you look at this list, you probably notice a couple things. First of all, you probably notice that the left-hand column seems to be more negative, and the right-hand column seems to be more positive. And they're not really meant to be, you know, exhausted versus peaceful or numb versus content. But your soul could go in any direction this morning. It could go in a, in a positive uh, direction, and that would be great. That's where I'd hope you would be. Or it could go in, in more of what I would call a negative direction as, as well. My guess is, if you're anything like me, the words on the left, though, were like more um, appropriate to what you're feeling than, than the, the words on the right. And, and maybe not, and, and I'm glad if it's not that way. But if it is that way, that's fine. Because that's where most of us find ourselves, actually. And we find ourselves in that condition because there's a war for our soul and we live in space where our souls are under attack and, and we live in circumstances, situations that kind of beat down on our soul. And so if you're feeling the, the negative side of it, that's okay. Because that's just what we might expect. And so that's one of the things that we might notice that there's negative and positive. The other thing that you might notice as you look through this is most of these words are at least emotionally somewhat um, slanted. When we talk about, you know, feeling confused or feeling fearful or feeling um, depleted or, or feeling warm or feeling joyful, these tend to be emotional words. Now, if you grew up in the background where I grew up in, that would be considered a bad thing, that you could actually describe your soul in the, the terms of an emotional feeling. Because I always heard growing up that emotions can't be trusted. And it doesn't matter how you feel, you just need to do what you need to do. And when you don't feel right, maybe you can do right, and in the process, your feelings will take care of themselves. But we are always told that don't worry about your emotions because your emotions shouldn't be guiding you and shouldn't be directing you. And if you let your emotions come up to the surface, they're going to lead you astray. I'm not sure that's biblical teaching, though. Because I think emotions are actually a gift that God gives us. And I'm not sure that emotions are given to us as something that we need to ignore or even something that we need to fix. But I think emotions are something that are given to us that allow us to process life. And this view where I grew up in is that you have to somehow fix your emotions, I think is a pretty um, lame view of emotions. Think about this. You were created with emotions in mankind. Adam and Eve were created with emotions, and they had emotions before they fell. So emotions were designed by God originally to be a positive thing for us. They were part of God's good creation where he looked at what he made and said, yes, it is good. In fact, he made us with emotions and we know that we have emotions because God is a God of emotion. And we see that throughout scripture that God expresses his emotion because he is an emotional God. 
And so emotions at the start were intended to be a positive, intended to be helpful. And I think they still can be, even though they're messed up by the fall, and even though they do get us in trouble sometimes, they can still be our friends and they can still be helpful. And one of the ways that they can be most helpful to us is to give us a window on what's going on in our soul. Because what we're feeling tends to reveal what's actually going on inside of us. Now, our emotions are not our soul, but they might be part of it because we can add our heart to it, we can add our mind to it, we can add our will to it, and we can add all these different parts to it. But there at least going to be something for us to be aware of because they're going to reveal something about our souls. So let's look at these boxes that you check. If you happen to check a box, and I guess it's not a box, is it okay? How many of the lines that you check, the blanks that you check there? If you check something like dryness or numbness, or I'm unmotivated, or I'm just kind of dead, or I'm spiritually disconnected, we're going to talk about that next week, okay? So you have to come back. Because we're going to get to that, and I think there's some things that we can really take scripturally here that will be a huge help to you. Maybe you checked off something like, I'm worn out, I'm exhausted, I'm fatigued, I'm just whipped. you got to make it two more weeks, okay? And then we're going to get to that. We're also going to talk about what to do if you're distracted or stressed or confused. One week we're going to talk about if you're in pain or bitter or injured or grieving. And sometimes life happens to us and it leaves our soul in that condition. What do you do? Maybe this morning you would describe your soul as restless or unsettled or conflicted or maybe discontent. We'll talk about that as well. And maybe you're swearing you're saying anxious, fear, doubt. Those are the emotions or those are the descriptors that are really what's describing what's going on in my soul. We're going to get to those things too. Because all of those things reveal what's going on in our soul. But they're not the condition so much, and it is the condition, but they reveal our response to what's going on around us. And so what we want to do is we want to say, okay, these are symptoms, but what is the cause of these symptoms? And then what will be the treatment to these symptoms so that we can experience spiritual health? And so where we can move off the left side of the ledger and onto the right side of the ledger, and where you can look and say, man, that doesn't describe me, but I want it to describe me, it can describe you. And we're going to be talking about in this series how this all works and how you can feel and experience health in your souls. But before we go any further, I want to make a couple disclaimers, all right? First of all, this is not meant to be super clinical or highly technical. Just trying to put all of, I'm just trying to put all this soul care stuff in language and ideas that are understandable. So it may not exactly be technically correct if you went to, you know, the, the pages of psychology or whatever else or counseling or whatever like that. That's not my goal, all right? We're not trying to be highly technical. We're just trying to explore this subject. We're not trying to be highly mystical either. I'm not trying to get you in touch with your inner self in hopes that you will find enlightenment. I'm not trying to get you connected to some life force or to the universe itself. And I don't want you to sit around and hum or chant, okay? That's not what we're after with soul care. So it's not meant to be highly mystical. 
And I'm not even trying to be overly theological because there's some great theological arguments that go along with this too. For instance, is man a two-part being or is he a three-part being? Is he made up of body and soul or is he made up of body, soul, and spirit? Those are theological arguments. We're not going to go there. Where I'm trying to go is I just want to be super practical. And this morning I want to be super practical in just one simple area in creating awareness of what's going on in the space inside of you, of what's going on in your interior world. Why is that going on? How is it affecting you? And to get us thinking about the idea that maybe we can do something about this. So let's get started by looking at something that Jesus said. And it shows up in Matthew chapter 16. I encourage you to turn with me there if you want to use the Bible that's in front of you. Looking at a few verses this morning, you can use the YouVersion app and go to the extra button down there in the right bottom right there and click on events and it will all come up there for you. But Matthew 16, 24 to 28, Jesus said to his disciples, and that's important to remember there, he's talking to his disciples, his followers. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and he must take up his cross and he must follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. And then notice this next verse. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. I tell you the truth, some are standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. And he's referring there to the transfiguration, which follows shortly after that. But that verse number 26 is really where I want to focus in today, and it just gives us some simple thoughts that deal with this idea of soul care in the soul. What good is it if for a man... If he gains everything, and yet loses his soul, and he's talking to his disciples here too. So keep that in mind. And what can you give in exchange for a soul? So just a few observations here this morning. First of all, this. Your soul defines who you are. Your soul defines who you are. We're not just bodies, we're souls. Bodies are the outside, souls are the inside. Bodies are the material, souls are the immaterial, but they are connected. So you could say it this way, we're souls that happen to have bodies, but we're also bodies that have souls. And as we talk about a person, we're both parts of that equation. We are bodies and we are souls. But our bodies do and our souls are. Our bodies do, but our souls are. And our bodies are kind of the activity part of us. And our souls are kind of the essence part of us. And if we become more about doing than being, we are giving more attention to the body than we are to the soul. And hopefully that will make sense as we go on here this morning. But who you are, It's defined not so much by how you appear, what you look like, or how I think you are, or whatever, how you communicate, or or what your talents or gifts. Those things aren't so much who you are, but it's that part of you that I can't see, that nobody else can see, that's going on, 
the thoughts that are going on, the emotions that are going on, the desires, the motives, all those things that are stirring inside you, that defines who you are. In fact, we know this, right? When we talk about it, what is this person like? We don't usually say, well, he's 6'4". We say, well, he's funny. Or sometimes we say, well, she's kind or gentle. Or, and we describe people not by their... Sometimes we'll say, what does he look like? But we don't say, what is he like? And our soul is actually gets down to that level where it's, what are we like? But that's important because it leads to this. Your soul is of incredible worth. Your soul is of incredible worth. In fact, Jesus said... You can gain everything else in the world. But that's not worth as much as your soul is. Now, we have all kinds of things that we give worth to in our lives, don't we? We give worth to our families. We give worth to our jobs. We give worth to our health. We give worth to our training and to our education and and we give worth to all of these things and Jesus doesn't say that those are worthless he just says that your soul is worth more than anything else Matthew 10 Jesus in another passage he mentions that the soul is worth more than the body when he says don't fear those who can destroy the body fear those who can destroy the soul so he raises the the worth of the of the soul in that place But the soul has incredible worth. Now, why does it have so much worth? Well, it has so much worth because it will live forever. And so Jesus is saying here, hey, pay attention to this part of you because it has eternal implications. But keep in mind that he's talking to his disciples here, who we would assume are Jesus' followers and are are trusting him for their eternity. In this context, it's really more than a call for just eternal life. It's a call for the Jesus life. And it's not just a call for the future, it's a call for the present. So in other words, why is it important? Not just because our souls are going to live forever someday. It's because we should be experiencing the soul life right now as Jesus followers. And we should be giving priority to that in our day-to-day lives at this time and at this moment. It matters because it determines how this life goes and how this life goes is going to be reflected in the next life. And so our souls are worth incredible or have incredible worth, which means that we need to be super careful about how we protect them. In fact, one of the, if not the highest, Goals and aims of our life should be the keeping of our souls or the protection of our souls or the health of our souls or the care of our souls because it's worth more than anything else. But the question is, how much have we even thought about the health and well-being of our souls lately? Probably not much. It's and it's not that we just ignore it completely because we have spiritual disciplines and we have things that we do that are designed to address that. But most of us probably didn't get up this morning and said, how is my soul today? Now, we may have gotten up and said, how did my team do yesterday? Or if you stayed up, you didn't have to worry about that, but you probably didn't get up that early either. Or you may have gotten up and said, what is the temperature today? Or what is the food in the cupboard today? But did you say, what is the condition of my soul today? 
If for something that's this valuable, according to Jesus, we don't always make it as valuable as we should in our lives. And so we need to be super careful to protect it and to care for it because you can lose it or you can lose yourself in the process or maybe you can even lose track of it. And I think this is often where we land. We don't intentionally just disregard. It's just that we get occupied with everything else that's going on in our lives and we forget that there's this whole internal thing, our soul, that is of utmost importance. And we don't live in a world where that's talked about. I mean, you probably didn't have your boss say to you, hey, I want to give you this project, but first of all, could you tell me how this is going to affect your soul? It's probably not going to happen that way. And, uh, you know, the last thing that your husband or wife said to you last night before you went to sleep was, how is your soul right now? Is it good? We just don't think in those terms. I mean, if you watched the football game last night, since I mentioned that, you probably didn't hear them say, well, you know what? He got injured on that play, but fortunately his soul's okay. Those aren't the types of conversations that we have. We don't live in a world that focuses on the inner. We live in a world that focuses on the outer And because of that, we tend to lose track of what's going on on the inside. So the condition of your soul then is of utmost importance. Because of the two of you, the outer you, the soul or the inner you, the outer you is less important than the inner you. Your soul matters more. It's not only immaterial, it's immortal. But it's the core of your very being. Now, Jesus would tangle with the Pharisees. And one of the issues that he tangled with the Pharisees was over this issue of the soul. Because they had religion mapped out and defined down to all of these rituals and regulations that they would perform. And Jesus said, you do all of these things, but you haven't paid any attention to your soul. In fact, in Matthew 23, 26, let me read this to you. Blind Pharisees first clean the inside of the cup and dish. Then the outside will be clean also. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs. You look beautiful on the outside, but in the inside you're full of dead man's bones and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. And Jesus is going after this very issue and saying, hey, it's your soul that matters. It's not so much it's your performance. It's not so much uh, how you present yourself. It's what's going on in the inside. Do you have a healthy inner life? Do you have a healthy spiritual life? Do you have a healthy soul life? So that leads to this. Taking care of yourself is not the same thing as taking care of your soul. It's easy to pay attention to the physical. It's material. You can see it, you can feel it, you can touch it, right? I mean, um, it's easy to feed my body because it gets hungry, and when I eat, I like the sensation of having my stomach full. And, you know, when I get tired, it's easy to give myself rest because I like the feeling of being well-rested as opposed to exhausted. And so I know that things like rest and food will make me feel better. So I give attention to those. I go to bed pretty much every night. Now, New Year's Eve was this week, right? 
And uh, we didn't make it to bed till like, I don't know, 1.30, something like that, or 2, because the party was going on at the Woods house until uh, till hours of the morning. But you know, the next night I got to bed super early, right? Because I crave those things physically, and I know that those things are important if I'm going to be healthy. But how about our souls? What do we do to address them? Well, we need to pay attention to these things that are going on inside us, is the answer. These emotions that we have, or these thoughts that we have, these feelings where I might feel exhausted or dry or disengaged or distracted. Because when I start to become aware of those, then I can start to deal with those and give attention to those. Let me just make this point too. Jesus provides the greatest example of soul care. And throughout this series, we're going to be looking at some of his strategies, some of the things that he employed, or or maybe even rules of life. And, And I want to stay away from performance issues, but there are things that practices that we can employ that will help us to experience soul health. So instead of taking care of ourself, which is usually our physical being, taking care of our soul is something different. Because the quality of my faith, the quality of my life is really determined by who I am, not just by what I do. And the person who I am on the outside should and will actually reflect what's going on on the inside. And so I need to give attention there. So what do we do with all this? Pretty simple to start with this week, okay? In the next coming weeks, we're going to have some more really tangible ways that you can tackle this. But this week, let me just encourage you with three things. They all center on this big idea of awareness, of stopping this week to say, what's going on inside me? And maybe you need to ask that question at the beginning of the day, or maybe even at the end where it's more appropriate to say, what is taking up space in me right now? Or how is it with my soul right now? But awareness, start with this. Take time every day to stop and ask yourself that question. How is my soul? And if, if you have a regular time where you, you spend with God or in, in prayer or in the Bible, that's a great time to just add this little simple exercise. But to say, how is my soul? Or maybe that's just something you set on your phone, like one minute after your alarm goes off in the morning. Or maybe you set it as an alarm right at the end of the day to just ask that question, how is it with what's going on inside of me? Then I want to encourage you to ask a second question. Why am I feeling that? Or why am I experiencing this? Because there's something that's causing that feeling in your soul, that that state of your soul. And can you start to identify those things? Because if you can identify those things, you got a head start. You can already, already start to deal with some of the things that are maybe causing you stress in your soul. So ask yourself that question, why? And then do this, if you would this week. Ask God to bring health or, and or healing to your soul. So have that conversation with God and say, God, help me to be more aware of what's going on inside me. Help me to be healthy in my soul because out of the inside of us, all of the outside takes place. Help me as I take steps in those directions. And then in the next coming weeks, we're going to talk about some of these soul conditions and say, here's where you may be. And if you're there, you're probably where a lot of people are. But here's some strategies that you can take where you can experience soul health. 
But it all starts with awareness. And it all starts with this, realizing that our help actually comes from the one who created our souls. So how is your soul today? Maybe you don't even know how to answer that question. Still, after all this conversation. That's okay. But keep in mind that it does matter. And it matters because it's the most important thing. That's what Jesus said. It's worth more than anything else in the world. We have to care for it.